This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. And welcome to this episode of Property Jam, the podcast where we talk about everything on the human side of property. And you'll be pleased to know it's not just the three of us today. We've got an imposter in the house by the name of Darren Brewer. Woo! You, you noticed she had to look on her screen to remind herself of what your name was, Darren. Yeah, I did. Because I don't know you. These guys know you. I don't know you. So actually, on that note, why don't you let our listeners know a bit more about you? Who are you, Darren, with a Y? So, or formerly known as Darin. Darin. Um, Darin. No, um, it's Darren. Hi, I'm Darren. I am the founder of uh, ProPods. Uh, we are a co-living expert based in Portsmouth. Ooh, what does that mean? <sighs> Ask Matt. I don't know. He told me. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so we do everything HMO. Um, we hopefully do it all the right way, but probably we do it all the wrong way. Um, so essentially, Darren has the second best um, HMOs in uh, Portsmouth. Noted. I wonder who's got the first. I mean, I couldn't possibly yet. say. <laughs> still looking, Joe. Joe was still oh, looking. Yeah, fair play, babe. Fair play. Yeah. 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 You know, it's, he's, he's very happy. They should be very happy that I've let him in on our patch. Yeah. You know, because bizarrely, yeah. I haven't gone to their patch, but I've let him in on our patch. Yeah, because you're a good human, Darren, with a Y. Yeah, but you know, but you to know, be fair, we've got a big it, city. Yeah. We're, we're like nicotine we've got a lot of patches so you'd be doing yeah. you'd be doing well to get in on them all yeah. true. this is what they do darren they just literally just say where is someone being successful let me muscle in on that that's what they do yeah i know i know we had to get a restraining order for that but we're talking yeah. about that on true. a different podcast gotcha yeah, <laughs> yeah. nice that sounds like for when, when the record button has stopped yeah, <laughs> yeah. the outtakes yeah <laughs> so yeah carry on so you you're, you're doing all sorts of exciting so, so, yeah yeah so we're five years into four years into the project of ProPods. um uh late 2017 we decided we were going to get into the uh i want to say the next level hmo but i know matt's written a book oh, on that, so God. Not, again it's also promote. copyright that's copyright is um so if you want to use x level hmo you have to ask my permission and i give fair, it i think it was go. probably the other way around i feel like darren actually said that in one conversation and then you said you know what that's a great name for a book title i'm not quite sure you can copyright it when you proofread it but we're just <laughs> <It's getting juicy. laughs> well i, I did <laughs> <laughs> um, so we start so we started out um we name all our houses like thunderbirds so we started out with propod one uh we're now on propod 11 12 and 13 um propods are go um and um and yeah we're 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 cracking on you know um we're living the dream living the life um and um yeah currently got i think 75 uh propodians as we call them see we name ours they are miles behind. I was going to say, this is cutting edge shit. So hang on a minute. I've, I'm still, I still, first of all, need to pull you up on ProPods and Go. ProProdian. So it's an official noun. We're just about to put it into the Oxford Dictionary. Right. Um, it sounds um, like you've got um, a bunch of aliens living in Portsmouth. <laughs> no, listen, they are, they are, well, if they are, they're paying aliens. So I'm happy with that. Yeah, um, aliens. Aliens. <laughs> Funny enough, we call them customers, but Matt and I all seem to call them aliens. So, you know, again, <laughs> you know, I don't want to talk about, you know, you know, how they run their how they run their profile and their businesses down there. Oh God, this yeah. is so great. Okay, so we're Propodians. 
Propodians. Okay, that yeah, rolls off the top. Gosh, you wouldn't want a few gins and say that, would you? No, that's okay. how we found it. Ah, yes, makes sense. That, that makes mm. a lot of sense. Poddies, they call them. Poddies. 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 Yeah, it's quite cute. <laughs> so, yeah, I've got a trademark that. So that's what we call our rooms, poddies or propodians. Propodians. Yes. Yeah, propod- a propodian sounds like they live in a poddy. That's, well, they live that's... in a pod, so that's how we get propods, because they're professional. So, propods. You know, we're getting there. You can tell if this you was have, all sorted out. If you have to explain it, me. it's obviously not. It... <laughs> it's just, it's too, propodians are go. You're, I, lo- yeah, I got lost yeah, at that. Like, that was just... yeah, they even have like the little thing to you on the doorbell. Anyone over the age of 25 won't remember what that is. To be fair, under the age of 25. Under the age of twenty, oh, under the age of probably thirty-five. <laughs> oh no, there's a, there's a new Thunderbird, isn't there? There's yeah. A, is there? Yeah, propodians. Yeah, keep up. <laughs> yeah, they're superheroes. Yeah, hello. Well, yeah. um, well, Darren, if only you could lift off your houses from Portsmouth and put them somewhere else, I think you'd be a very happy man. Um, yes, I probably would, and I think you're referring referring to my council tax. Well, well, nice uh... Nicely brought in. Thank you. Yes, if only, if only though, it was just Portsmouth, as we are all learning very, very quickly. And just to let you know, Matt's not got a bigger jug of water there. That's not enough water, Matt, for you. Look at the size of it. Look. Yeah. Why are you drinking a stein of water? I always drink a stein of water. Has anyone not noticed? I always drink a stein of water. Due to his age, we'll be cutting short this podcast because he'll have to go to the toilet three times. That's what it's like. Honestly. He's got his eyes well. <laughs> He's fucked. He's got a sty. So we're all a bit of a mess, really. Like, Niall's recovering from surgery. I'm recovering from COVID. Matt's got a sty. You know. Now, ugh. Niall, I, I haven't asked Niall, but I'm guessing he's had some hair transplant. I've indeed, or, yes. Or he's had an operation. I can't quite work out. It's had hair transplant. So where did the transplant from? Was it from, like... um? Like a, a, a propodian, a propodian. Yeah. They're yeah. also experimenting. Just borrowed a propodian for, for a yeah. few hours. Yeah. They drink the is that like water, a... their hair grows quicker. Because they treat them like paleons, they actually extract their hair follicles. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like um it's like a reward you know it's like a reward card that we offer to all our propodians. You know, can we give some hair to Niall? It's like a charity. It's like our charity <laughs> event. Yeah, that the annual Christmas. It's a good, yeah. like a goal, Niall is getting like envelopes with hair sellotape to him. You know what I mean? And he's just looking at different <laughs> colours like material. He can't quite work out which one's the right fit to you. I hope you've gone for all the same colour because otherwise you can just have a rainbow hair. That'd be amazing. That was the, that was the idea just to go for a rainbow style. In six months' time, Niall's going to look like Mick Hucknall. <laughs> I'm game. I'm game. Get the emerald tooth as well. Like, really go for it. Yeah, Matt's gonna think he's got a new business partner. He's like, I had this guy, right, called Niall. No, it's called Mick. I've been praying for one for a long time. Oh, um, so yeah, so shall we, shall we move the conversation back to yeah? We were, we were jumping into um, a bit of uh, council tax uh, because that was something that we were gonna focus on today which is a really exciting uh, topic for property jam isn't it mm, it's just as sexy as licensing let's go oh my goodness no um, actually it's it's more confusing than licensing let's be fuck, honest yeah so, what's, so um, actually let me just give a bit of background so um on uh, one of our properties up in warrington it's probably the smallest property in our portfolio um we randomly got rebanded as f- we have five ensuite rooms we're rebanded as five individual dwellings so we pay 
five lots of council tax on five of our rooms. So ridiculous. Which is absolutely bizarre because they're just an ensuite and they have a shared kitchen. And this was a three bed terraced house converted into a five bed HMO. Um, that was back in 2017. So when um, Darren was, I bet you wish I'd told you back in 2017, don't you? When I was just a nipper. When you were just a nipper. Um, so yeah, so it was uh, the very first property. It was our fourth HMO, I think, and it was rebanded as um, five individual dwellings. So I've tried to appeal it, been to tribunal and lost, and I didn't really understand it. Um, and then Mr. Brewer came along and uh, basically threw his toys out of the pram when it happened to him. And uh, because he's, uh, uh, Darren, you're a bit like a dog with a bone, aren't you? Um, yes. Yes. So, um, and we've, been, we've now kind of joined forces a little bit um, with some others and, are, and we're going to make sure that something changes, but I think it's, important to understand the issue at hand so what happened to you darren so we um so when we got to propod five or six we decided we were going to buy a commercial property and convert it into a smaller retail unit and use the rear of the commercial on the ground floor and the uppers to create a propod um and when the local authority said to me okay we got to um asked the VOA to reban this. We were like, yeah, that's fine. You know, business rates and a council tax ban, crack on Philly boots. And then about three months later, I get a phone call to say, um, for some reason, this is from the council, for some reason, the VOA decided your rooms are flat, but this can't be right. So we've gone back to them and said, no, 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 they've got it all wrong. You know, these are rooms. Um, well, little did we know that um, they didn't get it wrong. Um, and um, our all our well, say all our rooms, all our commercial conversions now are banded as individual dwellings on the basis of that each tenant has a piece of paper known as a tenancy agreement or a license that says they can use, uh, they have exclusive use of their bedroom, even though they share all the other facilities. Um, and on a Saturday night, they probably some share each other's bedroom for a bit of a laugh and a joke and, you know, a bit of a pizza, but say no more. Um, and um, yeah, so that's where we are. Um, I appealed it. I, Matt is right. I really threw my toys out the pram. Um, the pram was massive. Um, and um, I threw my toys out the pram. Uh, I'm just picturing struck. you in a pram now with a little bonnet on. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah. It, <laughs> It was a silver a cross, silver <laughs> cross pram. Um, and, um, and yeah, and uh, the VOA came back and said, no, sorry, you're, you're, you're wrong, we're right. And I said, I don't think so. So uh, we went to appeal, I went to tribunal. Uh, and in December, we had a five and a half, five and a half hour tribunal. We went through every bit of case law there was. Um, uh, Matt's seen the, uh, the, the decision from the valuation tribunal, which found in favour of the VOA, however, we did get some important questions resolved, like uh, there is no definition of length of transience in, in law, uh, and the VOA had to um, agree with that. Um, and basically, the, v the valuation tribunal and the VOA are just basically talking to each other and won't give in on any of this. So we've decided, I and you know a group of people have set up the um, HMO and council tax lobbying group. Think we're nearly up to a thousand members on facebook it's called the hmo council tax reform group darren as of last there week. you go sorry I, I don't even know what my own group's called <laughs> wow so yeah we got a, i think we've only got a thousand members on board uh we've got dialogue going on with the government we've got dialogue going on with the nrla uh we've got mps involved i think today we've sent out 28 mp letters um so we're really pushing for it and the bottom line is we just want 
um, the policy on council tax change slightly, um, just so uh, a HMO bedroom can't be defined as a dwelling because it doesn't meet the self-containment test. So it's really simple to resolve, but unfortunately the government doesn't want to open up the door to let us go and have a meeting with them at the moment. I'm hoping that's going to change. Um, it needs to change. It's unfair. It's unjust. Um, otherwise, in five, ten years' time, we're all going to be know that flats are going to be eight square metres, and that makes no sense whatsoever. So, are we creating tomorrow's slums for today? That could be a question, and it what a slogan. Yeah. Cool. So, how, so can you elaborate on that and how you mean about eight square metre dwellings? So when you think about it, uh, a HMO bedroom, I know obviously what we do, you know, individually, our bedrooms are a really good size, like you guys, and they have en suites. But technically, legally, a bedroom could be seven, seven and a half, eight square metres with no en suite, no kitchen facilities. Um, but if someone's got a separate AST, um, then technically the valuation office agency can reband that as a dwelling. Um, and after a period of time, I think it's four years, you could argue um, with the planning department of that local authority, you could apply for a certificate of lawful use, use your AST and your uh, council tax bills. And I think the local authority would struggle to not give you that certificate of lawful use, which then technically means not only in council tax law, but in planning law, you've also got a, a, a dwelling out of a bedroom. Mm. You know, eight square meters. I mean, what does that look like? And actually, <laughs> Matt is right, I am like a dog with a bone. So the other week I found a seven and a half square metre flat sold in London for 75 grand. Fuck. Yeah. It's already started. It's already started. And it was quite a clever design, Matt. I was actually thinking about maybe bringing this forward. It was like raise the bed up so you hit yep. your head on the ceiling and <laughs> nip a fridge and a, and a microwave underneath it with a little desk area. And then you had a bifold door where you sat on the toilet to have a shower. I thought it was genius. A bi hang on, let me get that right. A bifold door. You oh, okay, yeah. It, it was genius. You know, I mean, what I you remember some of those in a, in, a, in a hostel in in um, in, uh, in Vietnam. I think we had. Did you have? Bit. Yeah, there's some funky designs in in uh, even in, in Japan as well for the really small uh, contained units. I wasn't talking about funky. I was talking about um, very makeshift. <laughs> Well, see, there's the gap in the market. There's a gap but in the, the market. The problem being yeah. is, not, no disrespect, Niall's five foot three and I'm six foot three. So that ain't going to work, is it? <laughs> five foot three and a half. Oh, there you go. With heels. With heels. Sorry. With heels, yeah. Imagine when he's got spiky hair. He's going to be. Imagine, quite, yeah, oh, exactly. Give me a slideshow, Bob. Sideshow, Niall. Sideshow, Niall. He's going to have, he's going to be all crazy kinds at all. You won't even, you're not even ready. It's going to be amazing. Oh, yeah. But jokes aside, are we really getting to the stage in life that we need to be creating potentially seven and a half, eight square meter flats? Because what are we, what are we as a country trying to achieve here? Because, because every time these bedrooms are registered as a, as a council tax dwelling, they get added to the UK house, um, housing numbers. Mm. So, you know, if you want to, if you want to solve your housing crisis in the, in, in the country and the government's listening, then let's just reband bedrooms because that cannot really be the way forward that we want to move in 2022. What's the incentive from their point of view? Is it just financial? Is it? I is it just? It is. I, I, I think it's awkwardness. If I'm honest, I don't. Um, how can it be financial when no one's paying it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, um, you know, they're chasing tenants that are not living there anymore. 
you know, I found that's out yesterday. That's a complication, isn't it? Because well, it, another, it adds the admin so much. 100%. You know, I found out yesterday that um, they're, credit, they're going to credit search the old tenants to find out where they are. Oh, I have a fucking words. It's ridiculous. Yeah, so the tenants don't even know. Wow. Yeah. They'll spend more money chasing it than they'll actually make Com- Completely. And yeah, then, sure. and then yesterday, I was talking to Matt, Someone messaged me to say I bought an old HMO that had been individually rebanded. I refurbished it and put a single uh, let uh, tenant in there, like a group of five people on one tenancy. Asked the VOA, would they reband it back to a single house? And the VOA said, no, because you've made no material change. But, but when they reband the rooms from one band to multiple brands, the first thing they ask for is AST. ASTs. Mm. so you know you can't have your cake and eat it unless you've bought the ingredients and baked it and unfortunately the voa haven't done that so they're trying to have their cake and eat it but what i don't understand is how this is not kind of a universal issue like it's it's very select like it's it's not you hear of people operating in areas i'm in the student market so i'm exempt from council tax anyway but you you hear like of people you know not being affected by this at all like, how is this selectively applied? This is what I can't understand. This it doesn't feel like it's a, a blanket policy. Well, but, but um, actually, with the, with the student thing in mind, Darren, what was the example you were telling me the other day about? Um, so uh, I, know someone a, yeah, I know someone who's had an eight-bed student house individually rebanded. First of all, they didn't know oh. about it. Hang on. They didn't know about it. The VOA did it. They had no dialogue with the VOA, and the VOA did it. And then a year later, the landlord found out that the, the rooms have been individually banded, gave the tenancy agreement to the local authority. And the local authority said, I'm sorry, we can't accept one single tenancy agreement because it's now all been rebanded as individual rooms. And he said, yeah, but that's the tenancy of that property at the time. I didn't ask for it rebanded. You got it rebanded. And the local authority apparently refused to accept the single tenancy agreement for student discount and now they want him to produce eight individual uh, tenancy agreements and the students have left oh. you, know, you couldn't write this shit up could you excuse my friend yeah. you really couldn't i mean matt's written a couple of books even he couldn't write it i've tried to write it and i couldn't even think of where to start with it, it is, <laughs> we did we did write it darren you don't remember oh yes we did write it sorry yes sorry yes but um you you just couldn't make it up. I mean, if you wanted to start off a story, you you, you definitely wouldn't start there. I once was a house. It's just, <laughs> it's so so bear that with that in mind. So that basically means that uh, the, the the council are probably going to try now charge the landlord for the council tax for the student property, and um, because they're not accepting the tenancy agreement. And also, if they did accept the tenancy agreements, then the landlord's got to pay for when for the yeah. week or the month where there's nobody in the property. So yeah. it it's not the same impact on student landlords, but there's an impact. Um, and um, it's bizarre that they would choose student property to reband in the first place. Like, yeah. why, why go? But that shows again how random and selective it is, because it only really pops up if you pop up on their radar. Um, that's essentially what what i've noticed so if you do something whereby you have you're speaking to the voa or the council about your property and then they go oh it's an hmo then you're a little bit scuppered so you my kind of thoughts on it is just stay off the radar entirely um until we can get some kind of law change what we're looking at here let's be honest we're looking at hmo landlords going underground 
and literally buying a property, not getting planning, mm. yeah, not getting licensing because they don't want to get caught on the VOA rebanding of rooms on council tax. Now, if that's where the government wants to go with this, they're going about it the right way, where actually all we're asking for is Michael Gove, Secretary of State for Housing, to literally just add a paragraph into the policy that would stop it. I mean, Matt and I could write, probably write the paragraph for him to him to add. It's that simple, um, but it affects everybody. If you're on universal tax credits and you're earning, you're working 16 hours a week, you won't get a 100% discretionary discount on your council tax. So all of a sudden, someone on universal tax credits, they might have a live in a HMO, it gets rebanded, straight away, they're gonna have to find another 30 pound a month. Now, for someone on universal tax credits a lot of money. And, and only 16 and are working 16 hours a week, that's a lot of money. Mm. That's a lot yeah. of money. Then what they're going to do, they're going to apply to the local authority for a discretionary payment. And then the government's going to grant them to give the money to pay the council tax on the room that was rebanded that should have never been a, a dwelling in the first place. I mean, you, I'm saying you couldn't write it. <laughs> It is ludicrous, isn't it? It is absolutely ludicrous. I think it's just so, so inconsistent and archaic. It's like it's, it's just not fit for purpose in any way, shape or form. And the whole thing is, is all around this crazy word called the hereditament. The yeah. what, what? I've heard of this word. And it's not something you see the doctor about. No. no. Or perhaps you should. And there is no cream for it. <laughs> But the, the, the weird thing is, like, the definition of a hereditament is something which can be banded for council tax. So there is no, so, yeah, so they're saying oh, it could be a hereditament. Just as yeah. I say, it's got a nice, it's not a nice word to say. Is it Matt will, annoying? Matt will tell you, in our, in our tribunal, we actually failed the four tests of what makes a hereditament. And um, the VOA tried to say to me that you don't have to pass all the tests for it to become a hereditament. And I sort of said to him, you can't be half pregnant. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's exactly it. And, and the VOA went, well, we don't understand what you're trying to get at. Well, you're either pregnant or you're not. You're not. Yeah, you're either past the four test or you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you either pass your driving test or you fail. There's no actually, do you know what? <laughs> Today we think we might let you drive. Um, you know, and they make it up as they go along. You know, um, it's a bit like, I've used this analogy with Matt before. You drive down a road with no road signs and the policeman pulls you over and goes, today, this road is a 40 and you are doing 50. And then the next day, the, the policeman stops you again, a different policeman and says, today, this road's a 50 and you're doing 40, so I'm not going to give you a ticket. But yesterday, you got a ticket on the same road. That yeah. is what the discretionary powers the listing officer from the VOA has got and no one in the VOA challenges it. And, and, it, and it's just ludicrous. And it's, it's going to ruin it. It's going to ruin it for people. You know, this whole issue could potentially financially burden a tenant who wants to buy a property in four years' time because they might find they've got a council tax bill they knew nothing about. It's been served them at a different address. They've had no information. Before you know it, they can have a CCJ. Yeah. And I think one of the key things to remember is that the government's trying to get people to, to encourage home ownership. And that nothing about this rebanding um, helps with that, because number one, it's not the landlords are responsible for the, the change of the council tax as a tenant. So um, the tenant will suddenly get the bill. And as you say, if they don't know about it, they get the CCJ. They're not able to save for a deposit, not able to move on, not able to do loads and loads of things. So it's a, it's a universal problem. Yeah, I've, I have started to see... Generation. 
in some of the HMO um, Facebook groups and stuff where tenants are actually asking questions and querying why they're suddenly being charged council tax. And obvious thing is for them to start blaming the landlord and get confused about it. And it's understandable from their point of view, but if it's tenants really that's going to be badly impacted. This is a tax the on the tenant, Niall. And those yeah. who are old enough, this is the poll tax returning via the back door. Mm. You know, we, you know, no, no, just, I didn't nod then. You've got, you got these two are just like, yes, I remember what the poll tax was. Yeah, I just oh, remember yeah. my parents complaining okay. about it so much. Yeah. There yeah. You go. Um, and, you know, hundreds of thousand people protested to the government with placards, you know, this is not right. You cannot charge for how many people live in, in a house. You know, the house has a value, not how many people live in it. Well, here we are. Is this an example of the poll tax returning via the back door? And are the government trying to actually try test something to see actually if it sticks before they roll out this new idea that a bedroom can be a dwelling? My gut feeling is no, they're not. But from the outside, you could easily say, well, that's what they're trying to do. Um, it's just morally wrong. You know, I mean, my son's got an ensuite and he's 13 and he's got a lock on his bedroom door. Does that then mean my house is going to get rebanded? Shh, don't tell anyone. Well, <laughs> you know, I give him a lifetime tenancy. So technically he's got his own AST, isn't he? You know, yeah. um, but is that where we're going with it? Because that's what it that's what it really feels like. So mm. it, it, I have a passion for it and it's... It, I'm not going to lie, it gets me down sometimes. You know, I go to bed sometimes thinking about it. I wake up in the morning thinking about it um, because I just don't think it's right. And it's the first time in my life where I think, you know what, I can see both sides of the story. I can't see it. Mm. <laughs> I just I just cannot see it. You know, I've got a nine bed now that's been banded from 1800 to 10,800. Shit. Wow. Right. How, how can that be right? You know, I can't even get an extra bin. <laughs> you, know, you know i've got 20 rooms that have been rebanded with another eight on the way i might as well employ a member of staff in port city council and they can work for propods but you but you say you don't think it's financial i mean that to me is all like that's coining it in i mean that sounds like they're just clawing oh, yeah, back money. It. but that's if they get it you know, that's, that's that's if they get it i can't see how they're going to get it you know um once these rooms get rebanded, the whole liability of council tax comes away from me. Yeah. You know, um, there's a legality yeah. problem here as well, because, you know, could you have tenants saying, well, hang on a minute, you, you're, you're, failed, you're failing the Competitions Act because you gave me a tenancy agreement, all inclusive. Mm. Well, at the time, I gave it to you in, in, in good, you know, in a goodwill gesture, as in, you know, we were paying the bills and we had been paying the council tax, but... I can't help it now that the government's decided to retro, retroly um, agree to reband your bedroom. You know, that's going to be the next case. Mm. Um, and it does worry me because, let's be honest, I've worked really hard to create a brand for our co-living HMO product. And someone outside that, 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 that my, my business world, i.e. the government, could quite easily ruin what we're trying to do. Um, and take housing quality, it takes housing quality back to the 70s, back to well, the eras of the You know, when I when I first started, you know, I started running regenerating high streets before COVID. Um, and during COVID, we did two more projects. And you know, when you look at you know what the government is asking for, good quality accommodation, regenerate high streets, 
Yeah, reutilize high streets, create smaller units for independent retailers to be able to trade from. I've done all of those things in the in the left hand box, ticked every one, and here I am being penalised on the right hand side for doing what the government wants me to do. Mm. Yeah, no, it's mm. it's not right. It's an inequality without a doubt. It's housing inequality. It's not. It's it's not right. It's not you right know, at all. Um, so hang on. So where where are we at? So you've got this. You've got this Facebook group. What's it called again? Uh, Matt. <laughs> um, I think the Facebook group is called HMO and Council Tax. Um, but reform the, group. No, but the lobbying group because the yeah we couldn't change the, the name of the Facebook group. But the um, lobbying group is called the HMO Council Tax Reform Group. Yeah. Um, and and that's for landlords it, and tenants. And tenants. Good. So, okay, that was my question. Like, have you got those voices involved? Okay, great. Uh, yeah. Not we are we are working on pulling together um case studies so from landlords and from tenants because yeah. the tenant side is the most important part of this yeah um so the, the government won't act if it's just the landlords kicking up a stink it's got to be landlords and tenants united there we go that could have been the uh, name of the landlords the and tenants united sounds like a football team it does <laughs> yeah it does but i think i think what what is interesting with this group is what we're seeing is is that not one size fits all so I, I bought a property that was commercial, needed to be rebanded, got individually rebanded. Um, someone's applied for building regs to change their, their HMO because they wanted to, I don't know, increase the size of it, got rebanded. Someone applied from C4 to Sui Generous because they wanted to increase the amount of people in it, got rebanded. So there's not one trigger point, there's multiple trigger points. Mm. Um, it's whenever the VOA get involved, that's essentially it. So regardless of how you get to the VOA, as soon as they're involved, you get rebanded. Mm. yeah and we can't find anyone that's won a case that's deliberate though isn't it they don't want not, it. not materially no not materially we can't find anyone who's won a case you know case law my, yeah. my five and a half hours tribunal was one of the biggest tribunals apparently in the last 10 years um and i thought we, we we gave everything we put everything in there and when i lost the case i said right that's it we're going to the high court i said i've had enough now i was prepared to to gamble 50 grand on the high court and um we paid for uh, a barrister's opinion barrister came back and said look i think you've got a great chance of winning this but just as we were just about to issue the papers i said to the barrister what's the best thing we can expect here he said well i think you'll win it he said but all the um, judge can do is ask the voa to review their policy oh my god really right so i said how does that look then he said well they send them off to go and review their policy and they can come back three months later and say, we've reviewed our policy and there's nothing wrong with it. So how does, that, how does that happen if the High Court judge says they're wrong? Exactly. It doesn't because make they're, they're, they're wrong technically because obviously my rooms, some of my rooms failed the four ingredient test. But the policy, you know, and I've had conversations with, with, with the powers that be in the VOA. And I've been fortunate that I've, I've probably delved deeper and managed to get to the right people. And... And I think hand on heart, they agree with what we're saying, but they can't officially say it. But it's not their policy. It's the government's policy of the Council Tax Act 1992. Which um, so is all they're 30 doing, years old. 30 years old. 30 years old. I mean, let's be honest, the word co-living didn't exist in 1992. The only thing that existed in 1992 was Joey Ross Chandler and Phoebe and whoever I've missed. Monica. They were like, they were like the first original version of a, of a co-living HMO group. Mm. Um, but apart from that, 
you know, everyone was like, no, I'm staying in my bedroom. I'm not mixing with people. That's not right. That's not, that's not a HMO. Mm. So times have changed. Times have, have evolved. And unfortunately, the policy hasn't. And I think this is where we need to get our everybody on board. Everyone, We need everybody and everybody on board. Anyone who's got a HMO, anyone who's affected by it, anyone who doesn't agree with it and might not even own a HMO. We need everybody on board because... If the government gets away with this, it worries me where they'll go next with council tax. Mm. Mm. That's um, a big thing. But yeah. apart from that, it's all good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what, what, what more have we got to worry about? You know, additional licensing, planning problems, nitrates. You know, oh, yeah, yeah let's, let's all bring it into the mix. You know, I mean, the joys of a day-to-day -day life of a property developer. Honestly. Investing is easy, right? Yeah, you know, I might have to go and have a hair transplant by the time this finishes. I might have to get Niall's phone number. <laughs> I'll, get the, I'll get a referral fee if you use the same crowd. So, yeah, do. There you go. Nice. Amazing. So, so um, Niall, think... Niall's hair transplant was like the minority report. What? I don't get it. I don't get that reference. What, the minority report? Don't yeah, you know? all I remember about the nine minority report is people swiping on screen. Uh, Tom Cruise had his eyes taken out, didn't he, by some dodgy guy in a bad flat. Oh, shit, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's yeah. hope that's not the same game, Niall. I hope you went legit. <laughs> You're fine. It was mate. legit. It was fine. Yeah, it's all about I've done a back number. <laughs> do, you know, do you know we've not, we've not asked the question yet? Oh, yeah. Oh. Niall, do you want to do the honours? Well, okay, fair enough. So it's a question we ask all of our guests, Darren. And as you've listened to all of the podcasts, you'll know this anyway and will be prepared for it. Absolutely. Um, obviously. Obviously. Uh, so what does um, what does a human side of property look like to you? Uh, I would have said before the council tax, uh, <laughs> relaxing. <laughs> um, um, you know, it, um, I sold, uh, I sold my lettings business in uh, September last year and um, to concentrate on, on my on my ProPods business. And what is the human side of it? I, I love the way that, especially with our model, I love the way uh, people travel to the city to take a new job. And, you know, we're, we're bringing them to a new place where they don't know anybody and we're giving them great accommodation and they're setting up their new life. You know, I feel a bit jealous that, you know, our typical Propodian is probably 23 years old and I could be old enough to be their dad. Um, so, um, but it brings me joy. And that sounds, that sounds a bit wet around the ears, but it brings me joy seeing people actually move into a city and start in their own life after they've just come out of uni and stuff. Um, I think that's what the human side brings to it. Um, you know, it brings me, it brings me uh, a good quality of life, uh, brings me flexibility with my own family life. Um, you know, when people say to me, what do you do as a job? I don't have a job. Um, you know, technically I'm unemployable. If you looked at my CV, it'd be a car crash. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it, property has brought me good things in life and it's brought me headaches in life. Um, but overall, would I change it? No, I wouldn't. I love it. Uh, I, I love the buzz of it. I love buying, especially lately, I love buying an old commercial building and thinking, you know, that commercial building has been there for 80 years and we're just about to regenerate it and and bring it back to life and give it another hundred years of of a different use i think that's really exciting um so i think for me what does it bring to me i think it, it brings all four things um that you know probably a day-to-day -day job wouldn't you know uh, creativity fun bit of headache um flexibility um 
and, and it's given me a good life now you know um I've got I've got a good house and I've got two lovely kids and a wife and you know yeah we we have a good life and and I know some people say well that's just typical greedy landlord well I'm not a greedy landlord I'm a landlord that gives good quality accommodation to people who want it mm. um, and why shouldn't you benefit from it you know oh, yeah. no one queries anyone else who's a, who's a CEO of a company so why why should I have the same you know worries about it you know I, I work hard I play hard. Um, and I probably work harder than I play harder. So there you go. Yeah, which is, is that a good answer. Yeah, That's a good answer. Yeah, yeah it is a good answer. You passed the test. I'm you glad you stay. practiced that all this week. I know. <laughs> You've been so well briefed for this episode. You know, there's someone in front of me like holding boards up. <laughs> yeah, your wife's in the background yeah. just doing like flashcards. Flexible. Like. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Don't forget to mention me. Don't forget to mention me. Yeah. Yeah. The and kids. That's, the kids. That's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the first question we ask. So now we can actually start the podcast. Yeah. Oh, okay. Have we not recorded? Oh. No, no, no. This is no, just no, a preamble. No, everything up to there, yeah, was as you say, was preamble. <laughs> um, but 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 often we we ask our guests to come prepared with a question for us as well. You know, make the expand the conversation. Oh, hang on a minute. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Effort. Thanks, thanks for the heads up on that. Yeah, <laughs> effort, mate. Come on, think. <laughs> okay. No pressure. We're all staring at you. I can pause oh, yeah, the recording so if you like. I bet, I bet everyone's asked. You know, what's, what if you're a superhero? What would you be? I bet everyone's yeah. asked. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. If um, uh, I don't, oh God, that's a really hard one. Isn't it? What do you ask someone? <laughs> it, could be pro- it could be property related or it could just be random like christmas okay if you didn't do that. property what would you do now ask, now matt don't say a music um <laughs> <laughs> in that voice as well it, music. Music. Yeah. Music. yeah yeah so because <laughs> yeah yeah you don't want to hear that matt's got a face for radio so there you go no if you didn't do property <laughs> He has at the moment with his sty. It's rancid. Yeah, it is, isn't it, eh? Hey? Sitting, sitting out that one. Looks like the guy out of something about Mary. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Can we have Darren on more? This is so great. <laughs> it's normally me and Niall that give him shit. It's brilliant. Oh. Now, come, so, on, um... so come on, if you didn't do property, what would you do as a job? Oh. God, sir. We definitely have had this question before. So no, it was different. It wasn't, it, was, yeah, it, was, it wasn't worded like that. It was, was what you want to be when you were like but growing up. It was you growing up. So this yeah. is what would you do as a job? Like, yeah, <clears throat> based on who you are now. Based on who, we, or based on who we would have been if we didn't gain property. Yeah. yeah, come on. Well, which one is it? Is it like based on who we are now, or based on who we would have? However, been? you, 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 you can. Answer the question. I'd like if you didn't do property, he doesn't what care. Would you do now? He, I was gonna say that's a fucking cop out, right? Um, okay. Uh, oh god. If I had oh my god, into... look, I've got the whole panel stumped. Panel. Well, I think you 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 said it earlier, Darren. I'm I think I am also unemployable. Um, so I'm not quite sure who the hell would employ me, or. Because, yeah, I, I was never really good at sticking to any job for any length of time because I just got bored very quickly. Um, I think one of the jobs that I really enjoyed the most, and I said it a few times, was r- working in a bar. Um, so if I weren't investing in property, I would run my own pub. Great question. Great answer. I like that. Yeah. 
Um, I, if I'm not allowed to do music, it'd probably be something kind of. I reckon I'd have probably. Ended you can up work in my pub, but need a seller, man. There you go. I'd probably ended up in one of those graduate recruitment schemes. Um, and what, for the DOI. <laughs> no, probably probably like a um, management consultant or something like that. Probably... I, I, I think you would have lasted five minutes, Matt. But but, but you said if I didn't get into property. Well, true, true. But, yeah, I'm just trying to, yeah, I, I'd have probably gone into that, been desperately unhappy, but earned a shitload of money, not knowing what to do with it and wasted it all. Because I'd have had my old money mindset, which was spend, spend, spend. I'd have had a really nice car, really big house. And then if anything went wrong, it would have all gone tits up. So, so that's probably so talk, what would have happened. Talking about car, can we just come back a little bit here? Because, um, Niall, you're in Brighton, aren't you? Uh, London. London. And I know parking's a bit of an issue, but how on earth have you got your car on the top of your bookshelf? <laughs> <laughs> Magic. That's, that's, that, that is brilliant. Niall's got a new formula where he strings his car, brings it into his flat, and puts it on his bookshelf. Or is it the right size for Niall? I can't quite. Remember. I mean, he is little, but to be fair, that's exactly what he would have done had he not got into property shrinking cars. That would yeah, have been it. Go. Shrinking cars. Car shrink car. So an Niall wins the test, I think. I know Joe hasn't answered, but Niall wins the test of how to bring your car into your own property. That's because Niall's <laughs> got an eight square metre dwelling in London. He yeah, that's it. Honestly, <laughs> you're in his living room. That's it. You're in the absolute, you can, what you can see is pretty much the whole thing. Yeah. This is it, yeah. You're in his garage. <laughs> oh, dear. I've got my library, my garage. Yeah. Because <laughs> you've got a tree. You've got trees in there as well. Yeah, look how yeah, big got the forest is. Look how big the forest is. And, look, you know, he's, he's got sticks for Chinese takeaways bigger than the car. I can't work it out. Look. Exactly. That shelf folds down. It becomes a bed. It's fucking <laughs> streamlined. It's, it's beautiful. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Come oh. on, Joe. What would you be? Uh, so my background was performance. So it probably would have been something in the performing arts, I reckon. You'd be a drama teacher. Oh yeah, drama teacher. Yes, that's exactly what I would have been. Like a drama, been the crazy teacher. drama teacher. That everyone drama was like, teacher. yes, I can get out of doing that work because Joe, because because Miss Lightfoot's going to, uh, you know, yeah. just make us run around the room for. I get all the dropouts who just think it's the easy option. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> my, my kind of crowd. <laughs> yeah. Drama teacher. Wow. Yeah, the drama. Yeah, that's probably that is probably what I'd have been. Mm. What about you, Darren? Um. Well, obviously, as a boy, I always wanted to be a professional footballer, but I was never good enough. Um, I think, uh, do you know what? Politics. Yeah, yeah, I can see this. Yes. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, getting on your soapbox about something. Yeah. yeah I would, I would love to. You're not, you're not, you're not, <laughs> you're not diplomatic enough to be a politician. Yeah, who, who gives a shit about that? Because let's be honest, we weren't that diplomatic when we came out of Europe. And I think I could have, I think I could have called, you know, Solved the whole puzzle probably in about a year before everyone else done. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, if you're going, you're going. Let's go. Let's not have a conversation about it halfway through. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I would love to have gone into politics. I don't think I would have had the patience for it, and I probably would have been dumped out of it very quickly. But with the way things are happening now, maybe we need to just, you know, rip up the rule book and go. Let you know, I could have been a Trump of 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 Britain. That is a terrifying thought. Is that not Farage already? Oh, wow. Could be. 
yeah. <laughs> and you ain't got the hair for it. You have to you have to do something more radical, like Niall, if you're gonna go down the Trump route. Oh, I okay. Could the, I could do the Boris look, can I? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, dishevelled. Yeah, nice, dishevelled. Nice, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, that's really good. Yeah, uh, you can yeah. do the Boris answer, can you? Actually, not give one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Just so evasive. It's unreal. <laughs> so. Um, okay. So yeah, so pro- do you know what, Joe? Sorry, I would love to have gone into politics. Um, because I could have had a second job, couldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> you could have had a second job. Second everything. Second everything. Second home, second car, second everything. All paid yeah. for. Run it for your I book. Had, I could have had Niall's second car, couldn't I? Yeah, you absolutely. Yeah. I'll let, yeah. let you borrow it. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> Just send it to me, Niall, yeah? Yeah, I'll post it to you. <laughs> you know, imagine how small the kazoo lorry would be for Niall's car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, so silly. So um, yeah, yeah, there you go. See, uh, yeah, I, you know, I've never really thought about what else I'd do. I sold cars for a living for for six years. Were they yeah. as big as Niles? There was, yeah, slightly bigger actually. We had yes. Yeah, imagine when you would have got in the showroom if they'd been that size. You know, you would have had like one of those Fisher Price garages, wouldn't you? Where you just well, put it in, hello. You know, the, yeah. I would um, buy a car like that. I'm five foot two. That's perfect oh, for me. Oh, there you go. Ideal. But, so, yeah, so, you know, from the age of 17, I was one of the UK's youngest salesmen for Saab. Dear God. Mm. <laughs> um, but do you know what, though? At 18, I was earning £30,000. That's, that's impressive. I'm back, I'm back then again. All those yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I had my own company car and didn't pay for fuel. I mean, it was a, it was a joy. No insurance, no nothing. Wow. Um, so I loved it. Um, I loved the buzz of selling cars. I really, I really did. And... Um, and then, and then the internet came alive and everyone was buying cars abroad and the whole thing died a death. Um, and uh, that's how I got into property, really. I sort of um, came out of the car trade and started buying a few houses and thought, you know what, these estate agents ain't got a clue. So I set up my own estate agency, no regulations, no nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like, I'm, I'm an estate agent. You know, um, you know how much is my house worth? Or how many windows you got? <laughs> let me tell you how how many years ago it was when i set up a state agency right move was 200 pound a month oh my god yeah now i think the average is 1800 pounds a month yeah um so uh so yeah it was a it was a it was real real learning curve and um and to be honest with you, if I didn't do any of that, I don't think I would have invested into HMOs and co-living and done ProPods. You know, I think it gave me a huge background and made me realise, you know, helping these this younger generation out into housing made me realise, you know, back then I didn't have to worry about that because I actually, I know everyone says, you know, the world was easier back then, but do you know what? Generally it was because we weren't dictated to by regulations. Mm. Mm. You know, um, I mean, I sold cars in my college car park. <laughs> yeah, I got told off at college that the car park couldn't be used for business premises. And you were like, says who? Yeah. <laughs> so, so it came a bit awkward with the college because the college I was at, they had a mechanical side. So when I bought a car, I used to give it to the students and give them a few quid to go in their teapot to fix up the car before I sold it. Um, so... Um, you'd never get away with that now you'd never do things like no 
yeah that's sort of like entrepreneurial kind of like just sort of pop up you know (laughs) could I no it's it's like there's rules everywhere now yeah you know and and you hear about these things remember these things called car car uh, car book loans car log loans I, I was doing that before it even came law you know students would pay me over three months and I'd give them the car car log or car book log book um on their third payment <laughs> it's wow. insane I was earning more money at college than I was when I was working <laughs> <laughs> I love it, love it. <laughs> oh, I think we're um we're, we're coming to a close now I, I believe we've got to do episode roulette oh, do, sorry, we, have sorry, t- episode do roulette. we have time for roulette yeah yeah, let's get let's get two in quick fire. I'm, I'm intrigued. Okay, so just let me load this up. But basically, Darren, we're gonna I'm gonna scroll through all our previous episodes. Um, you, can, you can shout stop at any point, and whichever episode I stop on, then you can just give us your opinion on that particular topic. Okay. Okay. So I am scrolling. Stop. Ooh, episode nine. Getting the deals. Hmm. How do you get your deals? What's how the do you get your deals? Yeah. Yeah. Human um, perspective on getting deals. So, uh, how do I get deals? Very quickly. I think it's all about networking. I think it's all about door knocking. Um, I love walking up and down high streets, um, talking to local agents, talking to commercial agents. Uh, it's always good to go and buy a coffee in the independent coffee shop and get a real lowdown on what's going on in the area. Yes. Um, and normally the lady in the corner that looks like she's been there all her life knows everything that's going on. So um, I'll go and talk to anyone. Um, so that's the best way of getting deals. And I don't think you can, <laughs> I don't think you can teach that. I don't think any, no disrespect guys, I don't think any training course will yeah. teach you to go and have the balls to go and say to someone, excuse me, that property there, who owns that? Do you know? Oh yeah, that's Bob down the road. And before you know it, you're on, a, on a, an hour's journey. Yeah. To go and meet Bob. Yeah. Um, and nine times out of 10, you probably won't get anywhere. But that one time you don't do it, I guarantee that person wants to sell that building. It's so mm. true. I, you make such a good point. I never forget when I was first in Lincoln, um, I got uh, introduced by accident to this woman who was selling off a whole bunch of her properties. Like she'd been investing there since 1976 or something. And she just bought a shit ton of houses. They were all an absolute state. And she heard wind of me. Um, and then I got introduced to her and then like I ended up sitting with like her and her like kids or like her grown-up son and like it was getting curry she was feeding me curry and we were just like chatting and like I was asking about a portfolio and what she was trying to do and she didn't have a clue how to be a landlady I mean she literally had no idea what she was doing but it takes balls to actually put yourself out there and allow those introductions to happen because otherwise you're not going to organically find things and do you know what no two deals are the same i don't care what anyone says no two deals are exactly the same Mm. and uh every two deals are different and someone's requirement who's selling a property is completely different to the next person and it's all about finding the usp and how you can be accommodating to that person because they've got something that you want yeah definitely there you yeah. go that's the darren brewer school of deals <laughs> that's good i love it right another one now let's go okay i am scrolling again stop i quite like this game yeah okay so it's episode nine <laughs> <laughs> let's get the deals this is a curation of, of, of topics yeah, let's talk about there. deals <laughs> this one uh social housing or no social property what was that one 
how important um, how, how important is social media to today's property investors oh okay are you on socials social media or social housing I think what yeah. we, I think we tried to be really clever and play a social media story around social housing but what we were asking was is how important is social media to being an investor nowadays um well so I think social media from the uh, ProPod style um, is is massive. You know, we do a lot of social media, do a lot of LinkedIn. Um, but I think what I've noticed lately is the social media for me personally, as as the founder, our um, our media guys who we employ um, are doing a lot of stuff on LinkedIn, and actually, I'm getting quite a lot of inquiries from commercial agents about. Uh, commercial properties because I won't buy a house now and I, uh, regardless of the council tax banding because we are going to win that 100% we are going to win that I believe so um, yeah even if I have to go and put a van outside Michael Goh's office and say if it doesn't move in the next 24 hours it's going to get rebanded um we are we are we are going to win that you know if I have to put a shed on the M4 <laughs> we're going to win it I was actually thinking the M6 toll, just dumping it right in the middle of the M6 toll. Um, but no, um, I think social media is really important. I think when you're, depending on who your clientele is, uh, it really relates to, you know, if I was an operator for co-living for retired people, no disrespect, probably social media wouldn't have such a great effect as it does for the younger generation. Um, but, you know, I've noticed younger generation don't really care about Facebook anymore. It's all about Twitter and Instagram. Instagram and, yeah. and um, you know, we're having to do a lot more of that. Um, so, yeah, I think it's I think it plays a huge part. Um, coming back to social, I want to just mention something about social housing. I think social housing is key. I think it is key. Um, but I think it's key on where you put social housing. You know, um, we've got a scheme at the moment for 12 flats. Technically, we're meant to provide two flats for social housing. To be honest with you, that's not going to work. You know, where I'd like to see the government do it is, is when you don't can't work for social housing, the money is sensible so developers don't get out of trying to justify not building it, and it goes into a centralised pot, and then that local authority can build their own their own stock. Um, I think that needs rethinking about how social work housing work, but I think it's key, um, and I think it's key whether it's sadly someone on the street who might have had a misfortune at time in life and is sleeping on the streets to, to the extent where it could be someone that's a family and, and struggling to cope with life with kids. Um, you know, um, it's something that I, I'm passionate about, social housing, but I think it has a place and a time. And I think that whole conversation with government needs to be opened up a bit more about what does it look like? And, and Darren, how does it, how does it one thing at a time. Sorry. <laughs> he changed the world, didn't he? This one. <laughs> Come on, let's do one more, Niall. Come on, more. One more. One okay. more. One more. One more. <laughs> okay, I am scrolling again. So answer this in thirty seconds. Five, Stop. five words. <laughs> <laughs> Episode twenty-six. Stress. <laughs> How do you deal with stress? I don't have stress, so I don't have to worry about dealing with it. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. Why stress about something? Apart from council tax, no, jokes aside, um, jokes aside, my dad passed away uh, seven years ago this month. And when he passed away, I decided there was nothing more stressful than seeing him pass away. Um, so I very, very rarely get stressed. And if I do feel like getting stressed, I either go for a run or walk the dogs. Yeah. So the poor dogs don't get much of a walk. No, um, 
So, um, but no, jokes aside, I just don't, I try not to get stressed. And why get stressed? Because at the end of the day, there's always tomorrow. Yeah. And stress doesn't actually change anything. It doesn't actually solve the problem. So, yeah. No. Yeah. But, um, no. yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Love that. Brilliant. Thank, Thank you. Another yeah. one. <laughs> well, I think we should uh, probably wrap it up there. Um, otherwise, I'm sure we could be going for hours. But um, so, Darren, if people want to get in touch about uh, well, in general or with HMOs and council tax, um, what's the best route? Or would you like me to tell them? Um, just email me. Email me, um, Darren at propods.co.uk, uh, or find us on Facebook, and that is HMOs and council tax. Yeah, find us there. Uh, become a member. Uh, join the campaign um, let's actually do something for once that actually landlords and tenants want to get a result together because I think this is the first time ever that landlords and tenants are going to be lobbying about problems yeah no. and uh, Darren that's d-a-r-y-n at yeah. yeah brilliant well thank you very much again so uh, that'll be a goodbye from me it's a goodbye from me it's a goodbye from me and it's a goodbye from me jam with us on social media where you can hear more and see more on facebook search property jam podcast or you can follow us on instagram at property jam podcast or you can email us at property jam podcast at outlook.com see, see you, you on the next, next episode, episode.